Hey guys, welcome back to the Day in the Life podcast, Career Insights brought to you by ConsultSpot. Here we interview people from various careers and schools, uh, learn a little bit more about their day-to-day, how they got into those positions, what their lifestyle is like, compensation, things like that. Just trying to give you more insight uh, so you can make more informed career decisions. Uh, The platform is brought to you by ConsultSpot. Essentially what we try to do is make it easier for people to connect with people who are in positions that they're interested in and get one-on-one advice, mentorship, so they can make more informed career decisions. So if you'd like to find people who are doing things you're interested in, shoot us a note, uh, hello at consultspot.com, and we'll help you with the search, put you in touch with someone. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So for this episode, we have another college roommate of mine, Deval Patel. Uh, He's a real estate agent, And he's been fairly successful at what he does for the past few years. So I wanted to bring him on and pick his brain. I know this is a popular career choice for a lot of folks. Uh, A lot of folks like to do it on the side. So I think we covered some pretty interesting stuff on, you know, what you got to do in order to actually be successful uh, in real estate. So without further ado, let's jump right in. My pleasure, man. Good to see you. I guess just starting off, do you want to give us a high-level overview of kind of what you do? Absolutely. So I'm a full-time realtor in Massachusetts and Connecticut. I'm with a brokerage called uh, Rovi Homes. So we're a boutique firm, about 150 agents, um, and everyone on the team is full-time. Got it. And I guess let's briefly touch on your education and just prior work experience, if you have any. Could you give us a high-level overview? Absolutely. So uh, background. So we met at UMass for roommates, yep, we of did. course. Uh, so I was um, studying business management and entrepreneurship um, at Eisenberg and then actually dropped out as a senior to uh, to pursue uh, my then dreams of entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. um, get into the franchising space. So it was a great opportunity to, uh, to acquire a few different businesses and then um, at the end of a road trip, actually, six-month road trip, I really wanted to try something new, and uh, a new sales was uh, the path that was most attractive for me. So um, what better avenue than, than real estate? Got it. So how long have you been working in real estate, and is this the first firm you've worked with, or did you kind of start off? Can you give us some context into, like, from making that decision of, like, hey, I want to give real estate a shot to now, like, what's transpired? Of course. So February of 2020, I got licensed. Uh, we all know what happened in March mm-hmm. of 2020. Uh, so real estate really came to a halt for those, uh, especially a couple of months. Um, I got my first offer accepted in uh, in May, and then things slowly started to pick up from there. Uh, the, as you know, the market picked up with uh, lower interest rates. Um, something I will share, though, is the first year is typically the most challenging. And it, it for example, 87% of realtors are out of the business within five years. Wow. And the reason I share that stat is it, it seems very easy, especially with mm-hmm. AGTV and you know what we see through um, selling Sirhant or uh, all these different uh, uh, TV shows. But it's a, it's a grind. And in order to do it at a high level, you've got to be full time. Mm-hmm. And I guess 
in terms of getting in, for the people who aren't as familiar, what does it take to be a real estate agent? Like, you know, I know there you got to get certain licenses. Could you talk about the process of actually getting your license, how long it takes and how challenging it is, if, if at all? Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, the class itself is, is fairly straightforward. So you're, you're taking um, a 40-hour classroom session. Uh, you can do it online or in person. Um, and then from there, you're simply taking an exam. Um, depending on who you ask, the exam, I, I didn't find it too challenging, but I, I know many agents that have had to take it multiple times. Um, let's see. But it's fairly straightforward. I mean, cost, you know, it's several hundred dollars, so it's pretty easy to get licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in numbers, so 95% of the business in real estate happens with the top 10% of agents. So it yep. really comes down to how hard you want to work throughout the process. Uh, but diving a little bit more into what you're asking, 40-hour exam, you get licensed, you're good to go in whichever state you're operating in. Usually there's a reciprocal license. So for example, um, it was initially licensed in Massachusetts and there's eight other states where basically you pay a fee and they'll get you a reciprocal license. Uh, so I'm licensed. Just quick question right there. Uh, who's you know, running the exams? Is it like some sort of private company? Is it just one entity that you have to kind of do it from or are there multiple and how... What's the difference between being licensed in a specific state? You know, is that how it typically starts? And do you have to pay extra to be licensed in every state? Like, how does that work? Great question. So, typically, it's uh, through a, something called the PSI. So, it's mm-hmm. uh, a, a private company that facilitates uh, these different exams. Okay. And there's a state portion along with the federal portion. Um, so, you know, again, depending on the state that you get licensed in, that the questions may be more rigorous than other states. Um, and also the hours differ depending on the state. Uh, for example, Connecticut, it's 60 hours instead of mass where it's a 40 hour exam. Hmm. So there's slight nuanced differences, but it, it's fairly straightforward, you know, study just like you do for any college exam and, you know, you're, you're more than likely to pass. Um, yeah. Do you have to take a different exam for every state that you want to be licensed in so usually there's reciprocal license at least handful of different states usually it's nearby where there's a reciprocal for example i got licensed in mass i paid you know whatever the fee was for connecticut and i automatically got licensed in connecticut Um, if you're looking for uh, a different state for example from massachusetts to florida um, i would have to go through the process of uh, entire process for florida Got it. That makes sense. And I know some people kind of do it independent and they're like, you know, uh, you want to call it freelance or whatever or on their own. And some others work under a firm. It seems like to really be successful, you kind of have to operate under the umbrella of a firm. I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are and what made you decide to go and you know work with a firm versus kind of starting off on your own. Of course. So in Massachusetts, you have to work underneath the broker for at least three years, um, mm. and that's to protect uh, protect everyone, right? There's a lot of nuanced details, and you definitely want to know what you're doing before being solely responsible and helping a client buy or sell a home. Um, with that being said, the team approach is something that's relatively new. Um, so when you're joining a, a company, you can 
be independent, which means that you're likely going to get a higher split. So, you know, let's say a gross commission is, you know, for simple math, let's say it's 10,000. Mm-hmm. With uh, an 80-20 split, you know, 20% of it's going to the brokerage. You as an agent are keeping 80%. However, developing the business and getting in touch with clients is 100% on you. And you mm-hmm. may not receive training, um, which is why the team approach, I, I find, is the best way to go, especially when starting out. And most teams are a 50-50 split, but you're getting training for that, right? You're getting all we'll get into different tools that we we utilize um but you're getting the full gamut the full package mm-hmm. business cards signs uh mentors um uh, office access uh walking you through various different processes and and anything that could come up you've got someone supporting you mm-hmm. but i would recommend interviewing and making sure the team that you're working with is is the one of the top teams in the area you don't want to settle when it comes to that Got it. I guess we can segue into kind of your day to day. What is a typical day in your life like right now? Yeah. So Adish, every day is uh, is different. So for example, today there were uh, two closings. Um, one was a past client. One was a new one, and they're both. One was a buyer. One was a seller. So things are slightly different depending on which side you're on. Uh, but most of my day consists of. Um, of actually putting out fires and handling different operational pieces once we have a deal under agreement. Um, and then two other buckets that use up a good chunk of my time are prospecting, which is essentially calling my sphere of influence, you know, people that uh, I know, whether they're friends or associates, and to see if there's anything I can do that would be helpful for them. So that way, when the time is right, when they're looking to buy or sell, uh, you know, we can work together. And then secondly is is appointments. So that's actually showing different homes. So there's a good chunk of windshield time. So being behind the car and just showing different houses to clients. Um, and then the third bucket is uh, is operations. So following up and, and making sure that the deal is moving smoothly and contacting different parties because it's our job as agent to make sure that everyone is informed in what stage of the process uh, that we're in and we can dive a little bit deeper in just a sec got it that's super helpful i guess one clarifying question what is the difference between a real estate agent and a broker good question so uh real estate agent i mean the the difference is essentially um there's an exam that you're taking as a broker and the qualification massachusetts Uh, It's at least three years um, and a certain number of hours uh, that you have to uh, maintain your license um, in addition to closed deals. So broker, you're essentially own the company and agents are working underneath uh, that broker. Got it. That makes sense. So on a day to day, like what kind of tools do you think? Obviously, real estate is a very soft skill, heavy uh, career it seems like, but I'm curious, like, you know, what kind of tools do you use and uh, what should people kind of brush up on if they're thinking about transitioning into a career in real estate? That's a great question. There's, um, I think that's one of the aspects I really enjoy about real estate. You really are able to focus on various different uh, arenas. Uh, For example, 
uh, if you have a background in tech, you can create a ton of different processes that facilitate the transaction once you have it going. Um, but hard skills, I would say being very comfortable with, uh, um, with email, G Suite mm -hmm. is what most agents are going to be using. Uh, there's very different softwares uh, we use uh, for offer writing. Uh, one of the common ones is uh, uh, Dotloop. There's also a transaction plan. Um, which really makes it easy. Secondly is uh, CRM. So we use something called Follow-Up Boss. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a ton of them out there, but this one we find, it, imagine Facebook, the layout, and, uh, and Salesforce, if they had a baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's uh, that's Follow-Up Boss. And um, CRM is Customer Relationship Management Tool for uh, people you. who aren't as familiar. And it helps us keep track of, uh, you know, where clients are in the process, whether yep. it's going to be a year out, six months. Um, also, we're, we're, we have a marketing team in-house. So we use a tool called YLOPO. Basically, it's uh, targeted ads when we list a property to make mm -hmm. sure that we're, we're maximizing the exposure. Uh, we also use various different softwares uh, called Showing Time to, to make it easier for both buyer and seller to view different homes. Uh, but a lot of it, honestly, is email. There's a lot of mm -hmm. email and uh, calls back and forth between agents, attorneys, and lenders. And uh, some sort of MLS tools, I'm assuming, as well, to like kind of source yeah. your properties? There's uh, the MLS as well. So it, um, it's multiple listing service. So it, it's not only within the, the specific state, but it's also within the geographical area. For example, uh, there's... Um, a different MLS for the Berkshires, which is um, pretty far west. Um, and then there's a, a separate one uh, for a good chunk of the state uh, and possibly one more. Um, Connecticut has a different MLS. And, and basically what it is, is a, it's a collection of different properties. So when, you're, when you have a property that's listed, it's going out, uh, let's say in our, our case here locally, it's 600 different websites. So that mm -hmm. way you're, you're really getting it out to the public. Got it. I guess in terms of soft skills, like, you know, obviously everyone assumes it's like a lot of like sales, but that sales is a very broad term. I'm curious, in your opinion, if you had to boil it down to like two or three skills that are really important to kind of be successful in this uh, line of work, what would those be for you? Communication, being organized, work ethic and if i were to add a last one and i think this should actually be at the the top of the list uh is integrity um you want to make if a client is trusting you with for, for most folks it's the largest asset that they own mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you're you're acting in their best interest and long term it pays dividends i've had numerous clients uh come back to, to work with me after they bought or sold. That's um, roughly 25 plus percent of my business, uh, which is great. And to be successful, how many, I, I know this, there's a lot of variables, but how many houses is a successful agent selling or, you know, uh, helping a client buy in a year? Or does that number like greatly vary based on like, you know, the firm you're at? It really varies also in the individual. So uh, I believe a national stat is first first year agent sells between zero and three homes. Mm -hmm. um, 
average agent, I believe, is around 12 homes per year. Um, at our brokerage, uh, the minimum that you need to do to remain on the team is 12 homes. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that you know they have hundreds and hundreds of agents, uh, but they're selling a couple homes a year, uh, meaning that they're part-time. And we find it's very important to be a full-time agent, so you're delivering a uh, highest level of service for your clients. Could you explain to people like the business model from like a specific transaction? Like if someone's trying to sell a house or someone's you know buying a house, uh, where does the agent kind of fit in the fees, and mm. does that vary based on the agency that they're working with? Like, uh, could you? at a high level touch on the actual business model. Yeah. So I charge an entry fee of 10,000 just to meet with, I'm kidding. <laughs> so it's, uh, it really varies on the, the seller side, uh, commission again, uh, de- depends on what the buyer, excuse me, the, the seller and the listing agent negotiate a small clarification. So the seller has a listing agent that represents them and that has mm-hmm. their best interest in mind. There's also uh, someone called a buyer's agent that represents the buyer. Uh, now, if you're representing both the buyer and seller, it's called a dual agency, um, and it's designated agency if it, that other agent is within your same brokerage. Mm-hmm. So just some terminology there. When a property is listed, so let's say my most recent one uh, was for 6%. In that mm-hmm. case, 3.5% goes to our brokerage, and then 2.5% goes to the buyer's agent. And for our fee, we're, we're doing the marketing, we're doing um, open houses, facilitating the transaction, um, making sure that everything is going smoothly. And I, I guess one of the key aspects is negotiating for the client, right? It's not only the, the various offers that we get, but it's knowing how to make sure a deal makes it to the finish line. Just because you have an accepted offer doesn't mean that's it, we're done. There's so many things that can happen between accepted offer closing. So that, a quick example, recent uh, negotiation, we're able to get an extra $20,000 for a client. Um, There's discount brokerages out there, but at the end of the day, if they're discounting their fees, how are they going to represent you when it comes to negotiating on your behalf? Um, Flipping the, the... Flipping the chart on the buyer side. So let's say I'm representing a client, they're pre-approved. I'm placing an offer on another listing. The my client doesn't pay me anything, or I don't charge a fee. The the listing agent has that contract with the seller, and the seller is then paying my proceeds. But again, it's my fiduciary duty to represent my client and making sure that we're facilitating the transaction with their interest. Got it. That's super helpful. Um, I guess switching gears into compensation, what would you say the average agent, I know it's a pretty wide range, kind of makes in a year or how much they can expect to make in a year? And also, where's that coming from? Is that exclusively uh, just commissions or do some firms pay a salary? Like, what does that look like? So great question. Uh, Most uh, brokerages, to my knowledge, are 100% commission. Uh, there's a few startups that have different business models, uh, but ultimately <laughs> we're uh, we're 1099 for the most part. So once you get your commission um, check, you're paying your own taxes. 
you know, self-employment tax, et cetera. So to put it in numbers, my first year I made about 24,000 <laughs> and that was selling nine homes. Um, last year I sold 28 houses and this year I'm on track, you know, right around 25 to 30. And to put it in numbers, average full-time agent, I would say is making anywhere between 50 and 75,000 a year. Again, it really depends on price point as well. Here in Western Mass, the average home sells for about 250,000 versus if you're in Boston, it's just shy of 800,000. So location is a really, really big determinant. Um, and also the, the volume, right? There's certain companies that charge referral fees where you're working with the client, but they're going to take a massive cut off the top versus if it's someone that you know and they're sending you the business, there is no referral. So there's various different uh, variables, but there's several agents at our brokerage I know that are making six figures, 150,000 plus. Uh, but again, they're full-time, they've been doing it for several years, and they're highly competent. And I guess quickly addressing you know, rental market, like how, what, what's the difference people should expect? Because I feel like a lot of people go into the, I live in Boston, the rental market's crazy area, everyone pays a brokerage fee uh, if you've ever gotten an apartment. Uh, what's the difference between someone who does you know, the the rental markets and you know the full time housing markets, or do most people do a little bit of both? It's a good question. At our brokerage, uh, we do not do any rentals, so it's exclusively mm -hmm. buy and sell. Um, in Boston, it's much more common, from my understanding, to to focus on rentals as well. Um, the structure varies. It could be half a month of rent, you know, one mm -hmm. full month of rent. Uh, but typically, that's also being uh, split up between the broker and the agent. Um, and it also depends on the clientele that you're working with. You know, wh what's the, the brokerage and what's their thesis? Are they focusing on luxury, multi-million dollar listings? Are they doing mm -hmm. exclusively rentals? But usually starting out, folks are doing rentals. Okay. So I guess last question would be, what has been your biggest surprise kind of getting into the real estate game? And also, what advice would you give someone who's potentially looking to explore uh, real estate as a career option? That's a really good question, Adish. Um, advice. I'd say definitely join a team. If you're looking mm -hmm. to learn, join a team initially out the gate. If you want to switch to an independent down the road, you know, kudos to you. Um, and then really focus on sales skills. Um, at the end of the day, it's conversation and, and prospecting the business that you're in. The, the more phone calls that you make, the more people that you're going to reach, the more deals that you're going to close. Um, and then, honestly, it's work ethic. It, we're not doing rocket science here. We're not doing something that you need You know, 160 IQ. It's being consistent in your actions and whatever your goals are, reverse engineering them. So for example, I know I, I call roughly 39 people and that'll equate to one closed deal. Hmm. So reverse engineering the activity levels that need to be made um, and then the flexibility. You can work whatever schedule that you want. Um, you're your own boss. Um, but it, it's not like a, a nine to five. 
it's ultimately on you. There's no boss that's going to ask for a deadline. Um, it's it's on you how you create your and structure your day. Um, but it's super fulfilling. Uh, you're able to to meet people, check out different houses, and ultimately you're you're making a really big impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a client right now. We we got accepted off. We closed today. Uh, the accepted offer was twenty three thousand below list price, and uh, we negotiated pretty aggressively on that deal. And the client is thrilled. They're definitely going to be working with me in the future. And it's an asset that they have. It's their very first home. And uh, quick side note, they're from Nigeria, and they're sharing, they're sharing with me interest rates are 35% there in order to purchase Easy. it. Here, <laughs> with an FHA loan, you only need to put down 3.5%. There's a lot of different programs out there, mass housing. There's similar ones in Connecticut where there's grants. Uh, the state will give you up to 15 grand or 5% towards closing costs. There's so many different great programs out there. It's a 30 year mortgage. I mean, interest rates are going up, but um, I'm actually in the process of uh, purchasing a property here. Um, and the best thing is, you know, anything under four units is considered residential. So you can buy a four family property, live in one unit, rent out the other three, collect rents, and you only had to put down three and a half percent. Well, Naval, this has been super helpful and super insightful as, as well. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and yeah, wishing you the best. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Till next time. Thanks, Adish. And that's a wrap. Once again, thanks so much for taking the time. And I hope you found that helpful. If you did, please leave a review on the platform that you're listening to on. And as a new podcast, it really you know, goes a long way. And uh, yeah, follow us on social media. And yeah, if you, as usual, if you have any suggestions, uh, some feedback, you know, email me at hello at consultspot.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, all right, I'll catch you on the next one.